Welcome back to Movie Issues. I am your host, Leland, here with my sidekick, Spooky. How you doing, kids? Wow, already? Oh, honey. Alright, I, I, you know, honestly, oh, I think, I think you're already done. <laughs> We've said that about other bad impressions that I've done. That's true. And it wasn't. Um, we've reached the end of music, movie, month. March the music, m- movie month. Yep. Uh, we're ending, are we ending on a high note or worse than ever? Oh, I really think that's kind of subjective. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Depends on how you really want to Tell them it. what we watched today. So we watched 2010's um, Smash? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get liberal with the adjectives yet. <laughs> we watched 2010's Burlesque. Okay. Yes. It's a movie. <laughs> no, no. They know what happened. Yeah. Now you know what happened. Oh, man. So, um, budgeted at $55 million, <laughs> made 90 so made a profit? Uh, well, yeah, clearly it, it did. <laughs> Will you tell me $55 million, uh, this movie has, well, the only special effects is making Cher look alive uh, and the set design. <laughs> Uh, there's just her. I feel everyone was struggling to look alive in this film. Uh, no, everyone was trying to act like they're alive <laughs> inside. Like they've still got life look, look, in them. 25 million of that 55 was spent on the fog filters alone that were used to make everyone glow. Yeah, but only one of those characters looked like Skeletor. <laughs> that is that is true. Yes. <laughs> the, the drag equivalent of Skeletor. <laughs> Man, if Skeletor <laughs> you know, was really in the drag. I don't know. Absolutely. Skeletor or Evelyn? Yeah, but Evelyn was just purple. She still looked like a person. <laughs> Skeletor had right, a skull. Right. I gotcha, I gotcha. Where his fucking face goes. So, alright, Burlesque is written and directed by a dude named Steve Anton. Now, I know you don't know who that is. No. Let me break you down on some info here. Steve Anton is mostly known for his one acting well he's he did act in several movies but this is the one movie that he is well known for he was in goonies as troy the dick who is trying to look at andy's bra in the rearview mirror remember the big scene it all ends when you ride up troy's bucket yeah he's that's the director of burlesque is a goonie villain Weird. Who went on to do several acting roles, small roles, to stuntman, to now director, writer, producer of this like, gem. I, this I feel also sparkly, sparkly, useless gem. I feel like that guy just went on to be a carpenter or <laughs> truck driver or something. Like I've never once thought, "Hey, where'd that goony dick go?" <laughs> right. Where'd, where'd the rich kid go? As as Kevin Smith has stated, obviously, in Hollywood, you fail up. Uh, he failed around <laughs> the middle, I think. You know, small acting roles, not as big as Goonies. Then stuff Not as big as Goonies was just saying something. Yeah. Even he's not a Goonie. What? <laughs> you know, like... Right, he... <laughs> He's like you're you're in Goonies, but yeah, you're not you're, a you're Goonie. Not a Goonie, yeah. <laughs> Your biggest scene in that was the bucket scene, or when you're on the shitter and the pipes blow you up. <laughs> like that. There's there's his acting career in a nutshell. How the fuck did the pipes get so low into the ground? That's not even. That's come on. <laughs> that's tip of the iceberg oh. for the realistic portions of Goonies. I'm just gonna, which to, I love, so I forgive yeah. a lot of shit in that. I'm just gonna have to deal with that one myself. <laughs> He's also kind of known for, okay, DreamWorks was founded by three people, mm-hmm. okay, Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Giffen. If you ever watch the DreamWorks logo, you see underneath it the SKG, which are the last names of oh, the three yeah, guys that founded that. it. Steve Anton dated David Geffen for a long time. So uh-huh. that's probably also helped him fail upward yes. in Hollywood. When you're dating... 
the founder oh, yeah, of yeah, DreamWorks yeah. Pictures. You just fuck yourself up. <laughs> Being a houseboy, Cern Tune director. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to get a houseboy position somewhere. Hello. So that is where we're coming from. He wrote and directed this. This is a story that was burning inside of him that he had to tell. Um, like once once you see this movie, like that that backstory makes sense as to how this happened. Right. Like I feel like if anyone else, this would be a script that got passed around everywhere. Some people kind of like things about it. Other people are like, well, this is just cabaret. Why are we trying to redo cabaret? Uh, well, without the sad war elements, Yeah, right? without all the Nazi Germany The whole, the whole part, depression yeah. of the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm sure we could find the Nazis in this movie if we wanted. <laughs> but anyway. Kristen Bell. Yeah. Her character's clearly the Nazi. Yeah. She's the representation of the Nazis in the cabaret. Or Grey's Anatomy. Okay. <laughs> continue. Continue with your thought. Um, but it's it's only uh, through, um, you know, sucking your way up the uh, the movie pole. Food. Oh, wow. I was going to uh, say food chain, but you took a dirty. I, I, I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, can can you get this to happen? And I, and I kind of feel... Without share, this movie never would happen. No, 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 no. You had to get someone of that icon like, status, and yeah, I'm using for, icon because let's be honest, oh, yeah. pop culture. She is an icon. Absolutely. Now, I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure 80s and down were her best years. <laughs> Granted, you know, if you want to believe and all that, but see what I did there. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> The other thing I wish is, I could turn back time to before oh, that smack, song, son. before that pun could even happen. <laughs> I hope okay. we stop right here because I don't know what single another song of hers. That's that's good. You shut me down early, <laughs> so there's only you know where we can only go down from here. So. Yeah, the, I feel that this movie is, it's you watch it and it's clearly written by a gay dude. Like, it's just how the, it's presented. Yeah. Um, in its presentation of its fabulousness. That, you know, th that there's so many rhinestones on stage <laughs> at certain points. That yeah, yeah, yeah. it is like Liberace would pop up at any point in time and do a duet with Christina Aguilera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would not bat an eye. Now, he'd be a ghost in the scene. And again, not batting oh, an eye. Liberace possesses Christina Aguilera. <laughs> that would imply that she knows how to play the piano. Well, no, Liberace possesses her. So he knows. He uses oh, her hands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know a, how possession works. Yeah, how possession I got works. Yeah. I've, I've seen the extras. I know what's up. So for those of you that haven't seen this movie, I'm going to quickly give you the plot so you don't ever have to see this. It is so cliched and stereotypical in everything that it does that you have already seen this movie yeah. by a tons of times. It's unoriginal. It, no, by, yeah. Christina Aguilera plays Alice, calls herself Allie. Country girl. Country girl, down home, small town girl with big dreams. She leaves her town where she has no hope of having a future, goes to Hollywood to get her big dreams fumblingly falls into this bar one night, which is the burlesque bar, where they don't do any burlesque yeah. at all, except one scene. Kind and of. even then, it's like, I think no. Dita Von Teese would probably have take umbrage with yeah. it. She works herself into getting a position as a stage... Yeah, I'm skipping a lot, but there's no, no, no reason no, no. to go into no. it, all that other I, stuff. I have issues with you saying uh, works herself. Okay, that's true. She pushes herself yeah. into <laughs> Christina Aguilera, or Extina, as I still like to call her. Wow, really? She what, what does 15? not. <laughs> she does not uh, work her way into anything. She simply takes. She does. She just kind of pushes herself in there yep. and be like, I'm going to be a bartender. I'm going to be a waitress. I'm going to be a singer. Now I'm the talk of Hollywood. She just <laughs> bullies her way into positions until people are like, 
okay, well, I guess this is going to be acceptable. <laughs> like, and everyone begrudgingly gives... I think they just say yes to get her to shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. She talks herself till she's blue in the face and everyone else has no air left to yeah. breathe. Then she becomes the best singer the bar has ever had, or really the only singer. Yeah, like she they, becomes the talk of the town. Well, let's let's say that uh, the the burlesque club uh, just just does dance numbers where they lip they'll lip sync to, <laughs> except for Cher. Oh, except Cher. Because yeah, no. Cher is Cher don't lip sync. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, she does in this movie. <laughs> Because every song sounds like a dubbed track from your CD player. <laughs> oh, they just went behind there and pushed play. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's like watching a pop show, a concert. Like, they just push play. Yeah. Um, but Christina Aguilera can sing, which, you know, she tells you in the first three minutes. Yes. <laughs> and then repeatedly tells you until she gets her chance. Yeah. Uh, and this struggling burlesque bar that somehow d- doesn't have the money to pay its bills, yet is packed every night. <laughs> uh, she is is the shining star because she's she can sing. Yeah. And that packs the club. And then there... Doesn't save the club. No, because there's a 30-day deadline or they're going to shut the club down. And did, did they ever say 30 days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she, so, she so we're to assume this movie happens within... It is days. hard to understand Skeletor... I understand yeah, that you yeah. would have, may have missed that yeah. during her many, many conversations of, I don't need to do anything, I'm just awesome. Yeah. Or her two songs of exposition. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> she becomes the smash of the club, people start coming in, still not saving the club, yeah. then the evil tycoon tries to take the club, and then her and Cher save the day, save the club, she becomes a star, we assume... Oh, is, is that how we assume the movie ends? I, I assume. Look, like, you never know. They didn't do a... a and then Allie went on to be a singing sensation, leaving Cher, and, and thus closing the club because Cher no longer yeah. had real talent. <laughs> I'll tell you, I kind of like when movies do that. Like, <laughs> they just they, leave it ambiguous? No, 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 no. When they kind of, like, just after the movie's over, but before the credits start rolling, oh, the little, they yeah. do, like, those little freeze frames. <laughs> Like an 80s sitcom? Yeah. Yeah, like, and they give you, like, a little couple lines of, like, oh, this person's doing this now. And, oh, yeah. You know, Coco have, went on to be a fashion designer yeah, and then died I, in a car crash. I actually would have liked to see that for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to see, like, the six month later. <laughs> Which, yeah, six, oh, six month, there's another going out of business sign on the door. Yeah. Because, as we'll discuss now, fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, Tess... Cher's character yeah. is so bad with money that she could have saved her club months ago yeah. by just cutting costs. And we were looking it's, at the shit that's going on in the club. It's never it's never explained why uh, she she's going into foreclosure on her club. No, never. Um, that's we, not because it's not important. It's, yeah, it's we not just important. need to know she's going. She's out of getting business. final notices. Yeah. It's the only thing you see. Uh, there is an amount undescribed that she has to pay within these thirty days. Yeah. Never told. So we don't even have like it could be fifty thousand, it could be five million. Fuck all. We don't know shit about yeah, it. it. It's not important to what they're plotting or trying to but, plot. But while watching the movie, it became very evident to the both of us that she could have a yard sale and just make all the money. I just I I, I know this is so stupid that we're having this discussion. Oh, but after watching this movie, I think everyone <laughs> feels we're justified in having this conversation. I just you're watching the stage in the club was almost a different stage every time they cut back to a performance. Bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller, yeah. different this set club dressing has I, no dimensions. No, not at all. It's it's fucking it's alive and it moves <laughs> itself around. Um, it, it's it's like a Borg ship. It just keeps growing and changing and absorbing things as it goes along. And there's always a new staircase. That shit all has to be built. You don't yeah. believe for a second that Cher's down there nailing yeah. shit together. No. Um, those, you know Stanley Tucci's not doing it because Stanley Tucci's character is, is sewing costumes yeah. all day and night. So he ain't doing it. No. Maybe, oh, and, and, and they have a band 
This this blew my mind. There is absolutely no reason for this club to have a live band when they don't have live singing, except when Christina Tess gets Aguilera. a wild hair up yeah. her ass and decides, "Oh, I'll sing the." Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the one, the one song but, she gets. But she only sings, as you put it, to give exposition to what's going on. Her opening song is called "Welcome to Burlesque." She's explaining what burlesque what, what, is. What burlesque is kind of. Yeah, and she's kind of introducing the girls on stage that yeah. will have lines in the movie. <laughs> like, at one point, she points to the black girl and says, perhaps you'd like to try a little cocoa. Yeah. I don't know if it's racist or if it's cute. I haven't decided. So that's exposition for the beginning of this thing that we're yeah. about to watch. Later on, when things look really bad for Cher's uh, Club and Stanley Tucci and everybody involved, yeah. they're just all sad. She has to break down again to give us yet another expositional number. Just an number. update of how yeah, she's feeling. Yeah, just, I'm upset. I'm at my last straw. But I don't I, know what to do, so let me sing about But I'm not going to give up. Yeah. <laughs> That's her song. I'm sad. I'm going to lose everything. But I'm not going to give up. Which just kind of sounds like, so you're just going to drive your car at 100 miles an hour into a wall? A car that she could have sold. For money she's for the like, club. She's got a fucking vintage Mercedes. Yeah, convertible too. Yeah. Like, like it's a beautiful that's car. That's money. Now, was Kristen Bell driving a Porsche? Uh, no, she was driving a uh, BMW Z. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So <laughs> clearly something else rich. Yes. She, <laughs> Kristen Bell also has too much money for her station in life. <laughs> Kristen Bell plays the bitch of the movie. Yeah. Like, as, as I guess... The villain, if there is one, or you know, you know who the I think villain life's is. Life's the villain. I would, damn it, you stole my life. Ah! Yeah, life really is the villain, or or is Grace Christina Anatomy. Aguilera? Is she the villain to herself? Because she's not a good character, in my opinion. She's not. Um, she's likeable? a dumb bitch. <laughs> she, well, like I kind of want to say she's not likable, but I I kind of feel she's just. Un... I don't give a fuck about her. I no, have zero nah. fucks for for. Ex-Tina. That is true. There is um, there is the scene that you found incredibly hilarious. Now she's got the gig. She's singing at the club. Yeah. And this, and, this is just the dancing and um and uh, right. lip syncing. And and she is um. Trying to put on makeup well, in the mirror. She's sad because no one likes her. Yeah, Coco and the girls Big don't want to have nothing with her. <laughs> you know, Coco's like, "Y'all want to go get pizza?" And she's like, "I'll go." And they kind of have that look like we didn't ask you. Yeah. And they 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 bounce and they leave poor Christina there she's crying. Sad. So I guess when she's sad, she tries to put on makeup. Which Cher walks in and she's like, "Oh, you're doing it wrong." And then she like comes over. <laughs> Cher sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. Anytime she's like, that's, I, she's that's, like. I Fuck me. That's <laughs> our impression of her. Right. At the like, very there, at any point in time, if they were to cut away to share in a bedroom, like dancing in front of a mirror with a Goodbye Horses playing, it would not surprise me at all. Like, <laughs> Goodbye Horses. Wow, really? Just gonna sing? All right. Well, this is behind you as you yeah, ranted. That, that's fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'd fuck me so hard. Is she a great big fat person? <laughs> I love my precious. I'm gonna stop real quick. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Masterpiece of filmmaking. It is. it is one of the best films ever made. But I can talk shit about it all day and all night. And I own like the Criterion edition because I love it so much. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Cher's like, you're doing your makeup wrong. Let me help you. Yeah. And they she gives this weird analogy about how like when you're painting your face, it's like painting canvas. Yeah. Your face is your canvas. Right. And then, and then they show her, like, dipping the paintbrush and shit. And then they'll, they'll, they'll show her touch with yeah, Christina's, Christina's face. face with the brush. Cut back to Cher. Cut back to the face. Bitch looks like a clown. Like, she <laughs> does her up like the goddamn Joker in Dark Knight. Like, she... <laughs> Like, at any point, like, her, she's going to look at you and go, why so serious, Cher? Like, she is done up like a goddamn evil mutant clown. <laughs> Cher clearly, honestly, I would expect more from the drag queen of Cher to do better makeup. Look at Cher's makeup. <laughs> she Cher. hasn't done her own makeup since 1972. Cher also looks like she just dunks her face in a bag of makeup and shakes it around. And just comes up like, I'm done. It's, it's, I'd fuck me. 
I got him. But it is, it's such a, it's a jarring cut because there is no buildup. Like, oh, we're going to add a little makeup here. Cut, cut. Add a little more. Cut, cut. It is paintbrush, whoosh, yeah. Joker face. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like usually things like this, you blame on an editor. <laughs> there's a I lot. Feel there's a that, lot of blame to go around. I feel this is not the editor. Oh no, he is only working with this, what he's been given. This is the director's problem. <laughs> yes. Because this is also a theme in the movie where, uh, like a dancer will insinuate she's about to leave frame. This, the, uh, the, the the frame cuts, and then all of a sudden that same dancer is spatially 50 feet away in the club. Yeah, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, now she's on the bar. I mean, we assume she danced her way over there, yes. but we don't see it. But it's so such... therefore, everyone in the club has the teleportation it's... ability. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Which is where you know I'm leading up to. <laughs> Let's do it. I love this. <laughs> okay, so Alan Cummings has a small, minuscule... Can why he's in this movie because clearly they hired him because if for those of you who don't know nightcrawler is a tony award-winning broadway actor who has done cabaret on broadway mm -hmm. he played the famous mc role when they re uh revised it like early 2000s or something yeah. that's why he got this gig like that's why he got the phone call now He's working all the time, so he didn't need. No, I, you know what? Really, I'm pretty sure they told him Cher was in it, and he was like, "Where's where do I yeah, sign?" Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like two days of work for him. Oh, and that's that. and that's just because his makeup changes a couple times. Well, he you forget he's in it. Yes. Like he has probably four words, and I'm not saying lines. I mean words. He just kind of says, "Hey, sup, twenty bucks," and he's yeah, yeah. he's gone. He is in and out of this movie so infrequently that when he comes back into frame, you go every time, oh, that's right, Nightcrawler's in this. What he basically bamps into yeah. each scene. What I, like, what the I wedding scene, you lost your shit so much, I thought we were going to have to pause the movie while you finished laughing. Because it was out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> it's so weird because, because again, like, uh, the, the director's fault, uh, but Alan Cumming... In his Nightcrawler Banff fucking moves, he actually leans into frame. Yeah, he, he's like, where hello. He not established <laughs> no. in the scene at all. Just he awesome. just leans in like, ain't that some shit? And then, <laughs> and then pulls his head back out of frame. Yeah, he disappears. Yeah. It's, um, and that's, that's the theme of his role. Is essentially every time he's on screen, he... In some way, just <laughs> leans into frame. Look, look at me. It's almost like, um, did you ever see that the animated movie Puss in Boots? No. Okay, there's. I uh, know it's a stretch, but you'll see where I'm going. Like every time someone or um, a cat like insults Puss, yeah. There's a the other cat that leans in the frame and goes, oh, <laughs> and that's what Alec Cummings that's was. Kind of like someone would insult someone, and he would just be like, snap, <laughs> and just disappear. <laughs> but like Alan Cumming being arguably the uh, most acclaimed actor in this movie, it's Ooh, weird. I don't know. Arguably, arguably. Okay, I was going to say. Because, I mean, it's either him or Stanley Tucci. Let's be honest. It's Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Here's why. Captain America, <laughs> with that German, when he plays Abraham, dude, so you, done. you want to fight Nazis. I, that's, no, that man, should, he deserved an Academy Award for that 12 minutes of scene. Great, great. <laughs> um, but it, it's weird because Alan Cumming does absolutely nothing for anything. No, like, yeah. He's he he does not explain a an iota of of information or, or anything happening around him. He simply appears. Like he I, I have to assume some of these people are friends of the director. I, I feel because, that that there was a lot more that was filmed and they realized that they had a movie that was either way too long with extra shit in it. Or a movie that made more, no sense. More convoluted. And they were like, mean? damn it, we gotta cut a lot of crap. I, I I don't think so. Because, okay, well, let's, real, real quick, we know we have Cher, we know we have Christina Aguilera, Alan Cummings, Stanley Tucci, we also have Kristen, Kristen Bell. Bell. Yeah, Peter Gallagher from OC, who, who also is Cher's ex-husband. Yeah, pops in and out. He doesn't really matter if like, he's there or at not. At least he is 
kind he's of more explaining. exposition. Yeah. He's he's giving you more of the plot. He's, they stop to tell you the viewer what's fucking happening so many times in this movie that it's it's overkill. Like you're you could you've fall, seen this movie before, yeah. so you don't need to have it explained that many times. You could fall asleep at any point, and when you wake up, someone will be there to explain <laughs> what is happening. It's like you're like, oh, is is it still on? And then like, it stops. Someone's like, yeah, and we're gonna sing a song to tell you what you missed. Yeah, it's it's just this is a mess of a film, but somehow held together with <laughs> <Did> glittery, <it? laughs> literally like, gl- glittery, fucking magic unicorn glue. glitter. <laughs> I like see, I, let me, I see what you're trying to do, but it isn't working. Like like you take <laughs> unicorn hooves and turn it into glue, and then you you just smear it on with a big brush over this movie. I feel that the film is the equivalent of a gay man playing with giant Barbie dolls, which is what I refer to Sex in the City <laughs> as. Well, one of those things we've seen. Um... <laughs> Or one of us has seen one of those things. I'm not gonna lie. I sat through Sex in the City, both films. Ugh. Part two is like eye rape. It is so bad. <laughs> it's eye rape is visually assaultive. Everything about it is just ah. <laughs> like there are no fog filters on those four ladies. Oh my god, the fog filter. All right, this whole movie glows. Is... It's like yeah. Never Never Land. It fucking's got pixie dust coming off every fucking person. I think. I think uh, clearly Cher has several filters on her that just make her shiny on all edges. Her and Sybil Shepard have got the same lighting guy. But I feel that there had to be so much on her that the filmmakers had no choice (laughs) but to film film the entire movie. (laughs) So it's not so jarring when this blur of (laughs) Buffalo Bill walks into frame. Like, people... like. Kristen Bell, Christina Aguilera, like everyone has a filter on them. Like people who don't need filters. It is, yeah. And so much of this movie is filmed under red light that they are literally swimming in it. It is creeping around their body. Yeah. And not to mention every scene, every woman, except Kristen Bell. I've noticed they kept her relatively the same looking through the movie. Yeah. Um, Christina Aguilera and Cher almost every scene have a new fucking wig. That's just more money that <laughs> she could have sold Cher off. Spending, yeah, yeah. And, then, and it's not like, oh no, that's just just the movie they're doing wigs. No, no, it's quite apparent that both of them are wearing yeah, wigs they, during the movie. They, they don't talk, talk about, about it. They, I mean, they do for the performance acts, but like. There's that one scene where Christina Aguilera is like telling Cher about air rights. We'll get there. Hold up, people. <laughs> and and Cher has like you you can see her scalp. Oh. And then they're like, well, let's go to that office. And they leave. It's, Brand new wig. It's a new Brand new <laughs> It's so random because you're like, so wait, you have a time limit. You have 48 hours left to save your life. So you're gonna stop and change. Wait, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I can't go next door looking like this. This, <laughs> this is my nighttime attire. We're I got... going out in the day. I need a parasol. Oh, yeah. Well, I vampires need... don't leave during the day. I mean, she's got to do what she can. I need a new wig. Mm. Now, there is one cast member we didn't talk about yet. Um, Christina Aguilera's love interest, Jack, played by Cam Gigianti. Some Italian name that I can't say. Gigianti. Let's let's just call him a fine looking man. He for the, he was in priest as the the sheriff the other that you guy. couldn't buy because you were like you're a sheriff you're 25 yeah. and you don't know how to fucking use your gun. The one who's not Paul Bethany or Keith Urban. <laughs> Carl Urban. I Keith Urban's a country singer. Oh, uh, you know what? Who's married I... to Nicole Kidman? Who should have been in this movie? Because no. really, <laughs> no. Nicole... You were saying Nicole Kidman doesn't do nothing. No, for No, Nicole Kidman should not be in any movies. Unless she's hacking up from mm. tuberculosis. Not even then. <laughs> Dying I end. don't want to see her, period. Her and Gwyneth Paltrow. Ugh, Gwyneth. God damn. Just. Fuck. You know what? If God. She, I if hate she her. Di- I. Ah! If she dies in Iron Man 3, I'm going to jump for joy. I'm well, gonna, not I'm gonna... during the movie because she'll disturb everyone around you. 
Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I paid like fifteen dollars to get in that movie. <laughs> Jack, her love interest, is the bartender at the club. Yeah. Which is called burlesque too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of burlesque going on in yeah. this. Um, not a, we have three or four songs about working at a burlesque. They work at a burlesque. They let you know what it is. Yeah, and it's hit over the head one more time. This is a movie about burlesque, but it's not because not at any point in time, except that one number with Alan Cumming, do they show any kind of burlesque yeah. act? Like yeah, typically, it's ridiculous. Typically, a burlesque show has an element of stripping. It usually has some kind of actual talent other than just pole dancing or, or, or dancing in general. Fire dancers. Yeah, the fire breathers, uh, performances of like of hula hoops and like just random stuff. Yeah, sideshow acts, if you will. Well, but sexy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sexy sideshow. Yeah. Okay, do you feel better? Yeah. It's the bearded okay. woman, but she's got big tits. <laughs> and she looks amazing. I mean, I just want to hang off that beard. But... Honestly, I had no idea where you were going because your hand <laughs> movements when you were like, "I want to hang on," I was like, "Oh shit, here it goes!" <laughs> I saw you cringe. Uh, but all they do in this movie is just dance. It's more showgirls than any kind yeah, of burlesque yeah, that I've ever seen. Not that I've seen much, but I've seen some. <laughs> well, we, we have I'm, watched TV. I'm no expert, guys. The Jack is a bartender, and Christina gets kicked out of her well, no she no, no, she like has her, to leave her shitty her hotel ho- yeah, room yeah, her hotel room gets robbed here's my question and not so just she robbed puts, but like ransacked yeah, like, like she's got the fucking microfiche like, for a bond yeah, film mic- <laughs> yeah like right. they were looking for something that's that's exactly where i wanted to go but i didn't know it's i didn't fair. know it i know so we've been friends long enough i read your mind yeah. um she hides her money in the back of her toilet yeah now she puts one it in a ziploc bag hold up okay you're right she puts it in a ziploc bag hides it in the back of her toilet my question was a bank too much? Well, you got to start an account, right? And, you know, you don't where know your money would be, be there. presumably more safe you than know. say the back of your toilet or under a mattress. I mean, she just got into town. I it, it's I it or carry it with even, you if you're that worried about it. Always have it on you yeah, in like no, a, a money belt. Then, but then you're gonna get robbed. But, like what? Well, she's she's a. Uh, uh, a porn star looking woman walking down the streets of LA. She's gonna get fucking robbed. Not in LA. <laughs> like, no, look, she's in a good. No one gets robbed no, in she's LA? in a good part of LA. Like, no, no, no. Oh, she, trust me. She's in a good part of LA. I saw it's, that they filmed this shit. It's filmed in the good part of yeah, LA. That's, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. But I just feel like, bitch, get a bank. That's just my point. Um, that's just my point. Yeah. Like, Oh, and also, I love that she's like she picks up like the backstage press, which is the equivalent of like say the Hollywood Reporter, which by the way does not typically have ads in it to or classifieds or classifieds, yeah. and she's walking like door to door and crossing them. Out. That is not how you get famous in L.A. Also, not how you get a job. Anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> so good that they kept that yeah. grounded. But Let's go to Craigslist. So because she got more or less had to leave her hotel, she goes and she starts roommating with Jack, who has a fiance, which yes. they clearly have to make sure you understand he has a fiance. After she thought the dude was gay from the get-go. Yeah. And in her defense, though, so did he we. He was wearing a lot of eyeliner. <laughs> like he was put on with a crayon. <laughs> like that's how much eyeliner. Like I'm fucking spooky. I've worn eyeliner, and I've never seen any man wear that heavy eyeliner. If he was to cry, he would have streaks. <laughs> like, it would be a big, sloppy mess. <laughs> and so they kind of become friends. He starts to see the change in her when she starts to get more bitchy because she's becoming... She's getting famous. Yeah. Money bags. Uh, Grey's Anatomy is taking interest in her and buying her shit. Yeah, and actually, yeah, she's getting uptight and a pain in the ass. Yeah, kind of honestly, at that point when she was, she, there was that scene where like he wakes her up in the morning because he's making coffee and she's like, "Do you have to do that now, bitch? It is his apartment. He can fucking do whatever he wants." True. You know, he's helping you out and you're being just a total bitch. 
What? And a terrible house guest. Yeah. Oh, she used like, this towel. Fucking clothes are all, all over, over the place. place. Oh. The floor. Wouldn't you have kicked that bitch out long Wet ago? Towels. Uh, we're talking spooky here. I well, mean, that's I, true. Well, let's. I'm a bit. He is in essence trying to get with her from the, the kind of yeah. which is real. Shit. He's like, playing the long game he's, because he wants. He wants to get up in there. He's obviously eyeing her for sex, despite the fact that he has a fiance. Now, his he's fiance, a bartender in Hollywood who looks yeah. that good. What is it you said earlier? He's running over pussy. That's oh, how much just, there is. <laughs> just tearing it up and leaving it on the street. <laughs> but but no. <laughs> but, but you you did mention that it kind of seems like oh well he wants to settle down. Like okay he's. He's left a trail of pussy in the road. <laughs> yeah. Now he's ready. Right, right. So he, he eyes a young girl who from Iowa who's never been to a nightclub, who clearly wants to party her fucking well, ass off. You know what? That, that's a good point. That's a good point. She stumbles into, into the burlesque club uh, wide-eyed. She'd never seen burlesque before. Do Nor apparently of... lights. Because <laughs> the Neon. way she, she reacted, like yeah. it was, oh my god. Like, Do you feel that if she walked into any other kind of club, we would have had that movie? You mean if she had like stumbled into like strip joint? Yeah. She'd be the best stripper ever. Wasn't or... she the best stripper in this movie who just sang? True, true. Because let me tell you, you go to a strip joint, you don't want to hear him sing. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to hear him talk. <laughs> wow. You don't... No, no, that, no, no. You've made your your misogynistic stance right there. <laughs> like I don't want to hear him talk. Like now, hey, in, you, don't, up, you don't pay him for the sex. Right, in, you pay him to leave. <laughs> in your defense, though, <laughs> if they are talking to you, they're just lying to you to get you to pull out your wallet. Strippers, yes. Yeah. Normal women, no. Jack and Christina have a sex scene that is very awkward, and now I have spoken to some female listeners, and I've asked them if they wanted seen this movie, and they said yes. Um, I'd asked them what they thought about the sex scene, because I am unsure if it is a good sex scene from a woman's perspective. I'm not a woman. I don't know. But it is so weird. Yeah. I had to ask. That's how outside the box I think it is. And most of the ladies I've spoken to assured me that, uh, no, it was not a good sex scene. It is awkward. Well, and, and I had one friend of mine who said it was offensive. Now, I don't know if I want to say it was offensive, yeah, well, but it definitely is not romantic. Let's let's specify that it's not it's not actually a sex scene. It's a foreplay scene. Well, that's it's true. more foreplay or or kind of they you know, they get they go out. to a wedding, they get drunk, they come back to the house. He goes into his bedroom and instantly changes clothes. Yeah, it's like fucking like like bewitched like it just kind of pauses and they have new outfits like, on uh, again we don't see how you get to from a, a to, to c <laughs> you're just magically there right he opens the door he's wearing a terrible pajama top and bottom which he's like my mom bought it no one yeah. asked shut the fuck yeah. up don't mention your mom when you're trying to have sex with Extina. yeah that's, that also is awkward it's like is this is this your game <laughs> mention your mom yeah. there is nothing that kills a mood faster than hey you want to talk about my parents while you're sucking my dick? Like, it's just awkward. So he goes to get something. He clo- Oh, he locks the door. And then he goes back yeah, into like, the bedroom. Oh, I got to lock the door. Right. And she's, oh, he, 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 he's being cute. Uh, stupid pajamas. Right. He closes the door, opens it again, just bottoms. And, and again, instantly. instantly. Just bottoms. He's like, I'm thirsty. Goes and gets a glass of water. She's still laughing. Goes back like, inside the bedroom. And, and like we said, motherfuckers like... Fucking like good looking. Oh, he's, he's ripped. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He has flat. no problems in the in the, in the bedroom department that he's yeah. working this hard for Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Closes there again, opens it again, naked. Yeah. Walks over to he's like, I'm hungry. Grabs a box of cookies, puts them in front of his dick, and he's just like, want some? And she's like, Oh, that's so funny. Go and then and then goes back in the bedroom. Shuts off the lights, gets him back. <laughs> like, like, that, that's it? No, that's not no, it. No. I know. That's what you're thinking. Okay. Then, <laughs> now it's serious time. Lights are low now. The whole mood has changed. Even the filmmaking, there's more fog lights on. So, he opens the door again, wearing jeans. Back in his jeans. <laughs> Unbuttoned at the top. Oh, well, yeah. Because he's, he's teasing. Yeah. And then they go to, they go to town. Yeah, they start now, making out. Now, the next 
I assume, is the next day. I'm not even done with that scene. We oh, really? You have no, more to talk we, about on that we scene? We have to talk about that scene. Right. We, we went over way too quickly. I was trying to move past it because it's just so awkward. The For whole, me to tell it, I feel awkward. The, the whole I thing... I feel unclean. The whole thing about, like... I need him, a Silkwood shower. That's how unclean I feel right now. That's for people who know jokes. <laughs> playfully going about in his ugly-ass pajamas and shit. Like, it's ridiculous. This is how you're trying to get laid by, by Christina for the first time. Like, th- these are your moves... This is what you got. These are sex? moves that a fifteen-year-old kid would do, who has never no had idea sex. how to initiate yeah. sex. Yeah. Then he comes out topless. He's just trying to show off. Comes out naked, like he's just expecting her to like make eye contact with his dick and be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, really? That's what she thought she was supposed to do? No, I figured she would just think it's a microphone and start singing. That's it. that's the intention. Like that's. That's what the male hope is like. Well, if she sees it, she's going to fall in love with it. <laughs> I love how we're specifically focusing on it and not him. Like, he, she won't fall in love with him. No, no. Fall in love with it. The essence of him. <laughs> this isn't how real life works. This is how porn works. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, no, this is a ridiculous scene. Yeah, that'll do. Um, if you're a woman, write in. Let us know. Is this offensive? I honestly, I don't understand the offensive portion. Maybe it's offensive that this director thinks this is what women want men to do. Maybe, yeah, and, and that, I could see that. That that could be offensive if if you take that. You could probably YouTube this scene because there is absolutely no real nudity, well, except his ass. But it's just an ass. Right, We've you seen uh, an you ass. could see that on cable. Yeah, it's just an ass. This whole movie could play on cable. Granted, it was a hairless ass because apparently men in Hollywood don't have hair. Oh whatsoever. no, they wax that shit. Fuck you, man. <laughs> but. The next day. I'm going to go. I got to get to that next yeah, day. Yeah, going, going into the montage. Okay. One of many. But this particular montage has them in bed. As Like it, I said, presumably the next several day. Several different days. Like, right. But because there's at one point he's dressed up like Mr. Hal and she's being sexy and they're taking yeah. photographs with a 16 millimeter old school camera because he has nothing but oldness. Because he's a hipster. Right. Um, and she's singing. Some oh, yeah, weird yeah, number while they're cutting into this. There, there's a club montage. Like, club scenes mixed into the montage. Right. Which would proceed to tell you this has been... Several days. Several days. Yeah. Now. When's this club getting foreclosed? Right. No, not even that. So, the girlfriend decides to come back at that point in time because that's what needs to happen for the plot to can move on. So, she yeah. comes back in. Argument. Christina Aguilera leaves and goes to Stanley Tucci's house... Because she has nowhere else to go. She has no other friends. Right. What, well, Coco? Not good enough to go to her house? But no. Apparently she, not. So she goes to Stanley Tucci's house. Now, there was a setup joke about 20 minutes earlier where Stanley at Tucci was at a wedding and he was making eyes with the DJ. Yeah. And it kind of alluded that, like, oh, Stanley Tucci's going to get along with the DJ. So when the DJ opens the door at Stanley Tucci's house and she's like, oh. Is Sean here? Right. Okay, so that. That, to me, says, this is the day after the wedding still. Well, it's, no, it feels like that because the guy who opens the door is like, Sean who? Right. So he, he, the oh, conversation I've been calling him John. Right. How long have you two been shacked up here? Yeah. Has it been days that yeah. you haven't known each Neither other's names? one knew each other's names. Right. So this reeks of one night stand. <laughs> so, which is also believe... mentioned that that's his thing. That's right, Billy yeah, Tucci's yeah. thing. Stanley Tucci. Hit it and quit it. Move on. You said Billy Tucci, who I don't know who that is. Oh, he's an artist. <laughs> yes, he, he is. He did she. Yes, well, that doesn't matter. Man, I'm <laughs> fucking up names tonight. <laughs> yes. My point is the time yet again in this movie is like the stage at the club. It does. It just yeah. moves around. It has no perimeters. Because the girlfriend shows up. there. It is like a fucking day they are laying in bed. They have different outfits. And, they're, and yeah. they're, they're in that weird 69 position, which is equivalent to the Armageddon scene where he's got, like, an animal cracker on her stomach. Like, yeah, they're doing that shit. A little bit. All right. Crocker. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And, oh, my God. I hate... Another thing that... I, I don't... Honestly, I know it's stupid to bitch about this, but because we're talking about the movie, this is the thing that bugs me in all film. Time in film needs to be established. Yeah. It drives me absolutely crazy when it's not. Unless it is a science fiction timeline movie. 
then I'll buy, I'll have it. Knock yourself out and be creative. It it's really weird because in the beginning of the movie, one of the um, dancers uh, finds out that she's pregnant, and she's scared. She doesn't want to tell her boyfriend, who apparently is like in one the of the band. band guys. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's twenty minutes in the movie. There, that it's their wedding. We see. It has to be three weeks later. And it's in this big hall. It's well decorated. And it's she's wearing a maternity wedding dress. Yeah. Like, she's got a little bump. You, you see it for just a second. It's been three where, weeks. Where the fuck is time going? Because <laughs> we were established in the beginning of the movie, you have 30 days yeah. to come up with this money. So there is a deadline in the plot. The re- yeah, and, and that's, that's why... The, the confusion of time is so important because if you start m- confusing the viewer, then all the tension of the impending doom is completely lost. We have no idea, do they have three weeks left and plenty of time to hatch some harebrained scheme to save the club? Or... Would that have been a better ending? Like, like a Scooby-Doo ending? <laughs> not so much a Scooby-Doo ending, but like... If it was like Empire Records, like they just had like a big yeah, show yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of Hollywood brought money or something. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of thought that's maybe where it was going to go. I would feel that would be a better ending than what we got, which we'll explain now. So there's this thing apparently in Hollywood, or I guess in general everywhere, everywhere, it's everywhere. Uh, called air rights. I've never heard of this until this movie. So we're learning something from Cher. Mm. Air rights basically are some developer has purchased the air above said clubs or buildings yeah, in whatever. Big, where they're so that no one can build higher than one or two stories so that someone else has a view. And this is Richie Rich Grey's Anatomy homeboy. Right. He wants to build like a twenty story building some big ass doesn't matter what thing. that's going to destroy Shares Club and James Brolin's character, who has one scene, who is building um, apartment complexes. Who has com- apartment Right, he's, yeah. he's selling them or, for... I think they were finishing. It doesn't matter to the story. I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who has these apartment complexes that are starting at a million dollars that are going to essentially look over where the club is. And they're paying for the view. Yeah. Well, if there's a building there, he's going to lose money. Blah, blah, blah. So, Cher comes in his office... Pushes her way in, by the way, because she's share. She can do whatever the fuck she wants, and finally she realizes there's a deadline on the time, because she has 24 hours to get this shit done. So now she cares. So she rolls up in there and she's like, "Let me tell you what about air rights." And he's like, "What are air rights?" She's like, "Let me tell you." So then, like <laughs> those two dudes have a conversation about air rights, and then magically she saves the club by. Did they explain like? Air rights? No, no, no. I mean... <laughs> it was explained three or four they, times. They, yeah. No, yeah, they, and they vaguely describe it. Yeah, I'm but, pretty sure uh, the director did not know what air rights were either. <laughs> it was a thing he heard about once and decided <laughs> to hinge his plot At on some it party. Late in the third act. Um, no, like, does... Do we know, is it James Brolin that buys the air rights? Yeah, because was, he was the only one we went to. Because yeah, she says, remember, she... no, she says, remember you wanted to buy my club a few years ago? And I said, no. And he said, yeah. And she goes, I'm going to make us an offer that we're both happy with. You okay. were too busy laughing yeah. at the establishment of why she had to change clothes to go to this yeah, meeting. Yeah, I was. Yeah, there is I, a conversation a in there. <laughs> okay. So... In your defense, though, there was a lot of stuff to be laughing at in this movie. This movie is not a comedy. No. It's, but it is now. It's playing itself like a drama, but when you watch it, it's obviously funny. Yeah, it's just campy and cliche. Okay, so so James Brolin bought the club, right? Is no, that... he bought the air rights to give her the... Then why does she have she, money? She owns everything above in the club. So she sold him her air rights, assumingly. Do, I don't think that's automatically one in, one in the other, just because you own the oh, building. I got it. She's the club's being foreclosed by the bank. Uh-huh. So either she forecloses it by the bank and then fucking Grey's Anatomy comes in and buys it, or Grey's Anatomy can buy it for cheaper by making the deal with Cher. Well, not what cheaper, up? just giving a good deal. Yeah, and, probably like, cheaper than what the bank. Are a pain in the ass. Right. So if she goes to James Brolin's character and says, "Here, if you buy me out for the same amount of money that Numbnuts is offering, not only do you get to." 
I get to save the club, but you get to own what's above the club and screw out the other guy from buying yeah, it. Yeah, you get me. to say, well, he doesn't need to own the air rights if he owns the club. Right. He was just going to build the building yeah. and didn't so, give a so shit. So to secure the view of his places, he buys the club from right. Cher. Now James Brolin buys whatever he buys. He's assumably just a silent partner. Yeah, maybe. And Cher continues to run her club into the ground. Yeah, oh, six months. Well, now, now she runs James Brolin's club into the ground <laughs> because she's terrible at handling money. It's, yeah, six months later. Because even at the end of the movie, they it's a new show. set. It's a new fucking Bigger stage. than ever. Uh, yeah, because you got to have those expensive light words that spell out burlesque to let you fucking one more time know what the name of the movie and what the show's about. <laughs> and they sing that terrible song, which I felt was a terrible ending number for this movie. I mean, I mean they were all pretty bad, but I mean, that it, one to me was worse <laughs> than anything else. At least it was just kind of a song and not like an exposition wrapping up the story. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Everybody's happy now. <laughs> For six months yeah. until I get a recording contract and leave this bitch in the lurch. And she's, you know, gone again. Nah. Unless she finds another young ingenue to sing. Uh, I, mean, I I don't know. Like, you kind of assume that uh, Christina's going to be found in this club, which is not impossible. Oh, I'm assuming Cher takes ownership over finding her and makes a profit. Like, she's oh, her manager, manager or okay. something. Well, that's, that's possible. But, but then that, again, that doesn't Cher doesn't Cher's have a brain. No. <laughs> yeah, also true. Her character now, doesn't Peter have Gallagher, uh, maybe he... Oh, he got his 500000 in kick rocks. Oh, he's... Yeah. Motherfucker's on a beach somewhere now. You know what? Poor, poor Peter Gallagher. He looks so wrecked in this movie. <laughs> Do you think that just is from how terrible this production probably was. <laughs> I mean, he also looks like he only worked two days on this set. Oh, yeah. He also bamfs in and out. <laughs> but, and, and I don't know if it's on purpose that he looks so haggard. Oh, yeah, because he's stressed out for saving the club. His bags had bags. Wow. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That wasn't even joke. No, I'm just saying. He, just looked, <laughs> he looked haggard. <laughs> Which is sad, because I like eyebrows. Yeah, he's good. I like him. But... So that, that that's burlesque in a nutshell. We're walking you through this so you don't ever have to see it. Unless you feel like gathering about a bunch of friends and laughing your ass off, open a bottle of wine, and have a good time watching this crazy, crazy fucking movie. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell. I mean, I told you already, but I'll tell I'll tell the listeners here. I was honestly a little nervous about going into this movie because I mean, if the movie's no good. Then you know it. It makes for a tough podcast. Yeah, they heard Josie and the Pussycats last week. They know. <laughs> I like you. Tell me, oh, it's got share. I don't care about share. I don't care about Christina Aguilera. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I care a lot about Kristen Bell. Yeah, who's underused and forgotten. Yeah, about the majority of this movie. She, I mean, she doesn't quite bamf in and out, but no. she's. She pops in and out. And I just don't understand her relationship with Cher. In my opinion, Kristen Bell's character is far too young to have the baggage that she's bringing to the role. I felt uh, the woman who... I just feel the actress should have been older, in well, my no, opinion. Like, but we... I don't want to hark on this for I mean, too Kristen long. Kristen Bell was, plays like the the prima donna. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think she's necessarily too young, although... Like, there's, there's a weird vibe of them coming up together, yeah, her and Cher, which is weird. Like, we settled on, well, it's like a mentor and apprentice kind of relationship. I then. just, like, she's playing a drunk, but honestly, I didn't think she played a very convincing drunk. Yeah. And she wasn't smoking those cigarettes. No. You know what I mean? And... <laughs> And that's I'm not that's not I'm not bashing on Kristen Bell because I love CGI smoke. I love me some Veronica Mars, so there's no way I'm gonna talk shit about her. I'm gonna But I just Veronica felt gonna... that I just didn't I didn't buy that she was a drunk very convincingly. Yeah, because it kinda seemed like uh I mean she she has a lot of drinks in her hand. But she never drinks. But them. It, it always seems like she's about to get drunk. Yeah. And somebody <laughs> stops her. <laughs> That's not really being a drunk. Or 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 the scene where she drives off drunk and Sherry pulls out a fucking crowbar and starts smashing her car. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, there's just like, fuck you. Know. Get back here, you bitch. It's <laughs> like, ease it down, Mr. Sister. You don't need to, to go so crazy. Um, if we were to have to sit through this movie again, God willing... How many beers would you want from a six pack? 
Uh, this might sound uh, outrageous. Um, this is kind of a two-beer movie to me. Because it's already so crazy, alcohol will not help at all. No, I'm the one who takes this a little, the, the rating a little more seriously. I think... Yeah, I don't really take the rating seriously no, at all. No. I'm like, whatever, I'll yeah. just drink to drink. Cause I, I like, like drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you have the problem, honey. Stop, don't. I might have one more in me. Oh, really? I would love it if you didn't. <laughs> this movie is Unless so... Unless it's like, I'd fuck me. This movie's so bonkers, <laughs> but... Like I said, is is held together by magical glittery unicorn glue. <laughs> it's still entertaining for all those wrong reasons. Yeah, it is. And that's that's why I only think like not caring about like a bunch of those uh, actors or the bullshit story that I've seen a million times. Yeah. Or like any plot points that are going on, nothing's interesting. The movie's still entertaining in in that way, and that's why I feel like two beers is. Is solid two out of six. That's burlesque for me. So, so you're going with the it is so bad, it's it funny. It loops around a good. Yeah, like it, it, it provokes the sort of laughter that other films would want. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but this unintentionally yeah. doesn't. <laughs> like this is not this is this movie that the what we just watched cannot be predicted, cannot be forced. You cannot plan to make burlesque. No. Burlesque just happens. <laughs> it's like Showgirls. It's <laughs> like Showgirls in the sense that they tried to make a realistic, yeah. dramatic film about Showgirls in Vegas. And what happened was the funniest movie yeah. ever. There's a lot you of know? comparisons to Showgirls in this. There's a I lot of that. comparisons. And th- this movie has been... Everything is ripped off from this movie. From that one scene I told you in the beginning... Where Kristen Bell is singing and dancing, or someone's up there singing and dancing, yeah, yeah. and Christine Aguilera finishes the lyric, but imagines herself up on stage doing the same number, right from Chicago. Like, it's just, everything is stolen from Moulin Rouge and Chicago and yeah. Showgirls. It's a collection of, it was, what did you say? Oh, and then the soundtrack that when it isn't Christina or Cher singing, it was like the director's playlist just his favorite songs oh, yeah, yeah. that he wanted to work the in the movie of scenes They're because not... when you're sad with nowhere else to go you play him as you start exactly yeah <laughs> fade into you yeah fade into you that's okay, yeah. that's always the song when i'm sad i like to no, put on no, and stare longingly outside a window granted this song is fucking melancholy as fuck oh well yeah yeah like i have put that song on when i was depressed oh i'm not gonna lie Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. still it's 2013. <laughs> the ma- the movie's made in 2010. That song's from 1994. Well, was it they they when well, the, she- the beautiful people oh, that is in that is both twice, played plays twice. An instrumental is played yeah. early in the movie. And when we're she's talking job Marilyn Manson's yeah, yeah. beautiful people. Oh, yeah. It's sampled with Christina singing lyrics. Yeah, the over it's the credits weird. over the credits is this weird. And you can't call it a cover because it's not the same lyrics. It's no. clearly the same music, slightly tweaked. But I mean, the the drums and guitar are there. Yeah. I have no idea what to call it. It's not a cover. It's not a remix. I, I mean, I, it's I'm, a reimagining. Using, I'm using the word sample because it's the only thing I know of. Yeah, but usually when you sample, you no, sample I understand just the, drums the concept just of the sample. Yeah. But, you know, I understand it more than Vanilla Ice understands sampling. <laughs> it's that little. T- that makes the yeah, difference. So, you know, like, his is d d d d d d d. Mine is d d d d d d d. Ding! You're like no ice. It's fucking yeah, the, same. It's the same, and you deserve to get sued. <laughs> that came is a deep, that. deep fucking cut that only people there's, who watch behind the music would know that there, joke. There's a specific age demographic <laughs> right. that knows what we're talking yes, about. It's true. It's the same people that watch that Leif Garrett behind the music and laughed and cried. <laughs> There's, it, or See, was who, it, who know that behind the music was a thing? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that documentary. The was it you? At, you thought it was interesting that at one point when Christina Aguilera, when everything's kind of coming up Millhouse for her, yeah. that she they do a um, a background song of Madonna's Ray of Light. Yeah, and you thought that was out of place because well, one. It's from 2001. There's and contemporary this, music. Exactly. That you and, and you were like, what, was Gaga busy that day? Yeah. 
can't get the rights to fucking. <laughs> so what I said is I think, I think that, that Steve Anton, the director, was just basically, oh, you know what song I really like? Yeah. Let that should go in a movie. It's right here. <laughs> he essentially took the top five of his most played on iTunes <laughs> and just sprinkled it in when it fit. I the do mood, find it funny that Mazzy Star would be in his top five. <laughs> you know what? Go to your top top uh, played uh, songs. Oh, I did that once. Oh, it shocked me. Yeah, like songs you didn't realize you listened to that much, and like it's very specific. Yeah, apparently, "Lightning Crashes" is one of my favorite songs. Who fucking knew I listened to it that many times? Yeah. Yeah. So that is burlesque. Wow. (laughs) Have you seen this film? And if you have, please, if you're a woman. Definitely write in. Movieissues at gmail.com. Visit our website, movieissues.com. Hit us up at the Facebook, at movieissues for the Twitter. Tell us, if you're a chick, how you feel. Was this movie not intended for you? Because who is this movie made for? Who is the audience for this film? Gay man. Well, I guess you don't have to write in and answer that question because the almighty spook here has done it for us. Solved it. Case closed. Would you say this film is a two snaps up and a twist? That's even smaller demographic of people who are gonna <laughs> remember that one. This is this is, you, this is the old man podcast. We're just bringing up a lot of shit from our, our youth. <laughs> Twenty five and under need not apply. <laughs> just skip this one, guys. Go to the next one. <laughs> yeah, but this late in the podcast, so it's too late. Yeah. All right, well, that would be us signing off for the week. I am Leland here with my good sidekick, Spooky. And we will see you next week when we watch some other cinematic gem. That'd fuck me. That'd fuck me so hard. I mean, you just see it? Like, her tucking? And it, it's like... It's I'm like, pretty sure she's tucking already. <laughs> so what just, you're saying Just is, riding like so a battleship? What, what you're saying is allegedly shares a dude. You know what? <laughs> Look me in the face and tell me that's not a possibility. I don't know. I saw that if you could turn back time video. That was clearly not a dude. But that was 80s share, and we're now in a different era. <laughs> so she was, she was sitting on a lot of phallic symbols. <laughs> and that ship. <laughs> Bam! <laughs>